0: You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. Hey everyone, it's Mike Rohde. I'm here with Lai Chi. Lai Chi, it's so good to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yes, no problem. I've been excited to have you on the show. Uh, Seeing you pop up all over the community, I see you... um, in squares on Zoom calls. I see you in the Sketchnote Army Slack channel all the time. See you on LinkedIn a lot. So it's really good to have you on because I think you're one of the people that helps other people in the community. And I think it's important that we get to know people like you and get to know your work and why why you do what you do. It just makes the you're someone who helps the community just be better. So thank you for being on the show. And I guess my first question is... Tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do.
1: Well, my name is Leitje. I'm I live in the Netherlands. Um, I am a solopreneur, so I run my own business since a little bit over a year. And uh, my core business is I design training for companies, hmm. uh, mainly companies uh, um, who have a supply chain. So you have sort of a context. What kind of companies? Manufacturing, um, because I come from an environment like that, and I know. Uh, the dynamics in companies like that. Um, And I do a little bit of commission work and I uh, try to learn as much as possible from different people.
0: (laughs) Well, that's really great. And so how did you end up in this place where you are now, where you're a solopreneur, you're doing this training? I'm guessing because we see the visual work that you do, you must be integrating visualization into the training to make it unique. Tell us how you got to this place and how... How does how do visuals sort of play a part in the work that you do?
1: Um, I uh, let's start with the solo stuff. Um, that was that's a funny story, but that was sort of by accident. I was planning to travel, but uh, something like a pandemic hit us, <laughs> and uh, uh, I had to change my plans. I didn't know how long it would take uh, before COVID was gone. Well, it took a very long time, so um, I was. Doubting about taking a freelance job or to look for a steady job, Uh, I decided for a freelance job. And the first thing that uh, passed my way was, uh, are you interested to design a training for us? So I was already uh, drawing a lot. um, And I was talking about the training. That was also the first time that I did it with an external company. Uh, And we didn't got each other very right. So I started to draw things to make it a little bit more clear and at that moment yeah the whole world changed so since then I've been uh, first of all the intakes I've been drawing because that goes a lot quicker it's uh, you can sell it because they're always decision makers so when they see my drawing I draw the intake um I do that afterwards uh, to make it a little bit pret- uh, prettier then in their board meetings they can decide they see the they see the drawing and if you have uh couple of people who want to have the same job and you are the only one with drawings well the choice is yeah you are a little bit more unique than other people Mm -hmm. so uh, and also I capture the stories because it's in-house training Uh, I capture their culture I capture their stories I combine it with the theory but there's always their example so if I put just one uh, picture an image I do it in powerpoint uh, one picture, one slide, uh, and it will trigger immediately recognition. They recognize it. Mm. they understand what what it is about, and they start talking. So I am more a facilitator trainer than that I am just yeah sending messages. I try to facilitate conversation.
0: Mm. so you sort of think of the company as the raw materials, and then you're yes. realigning those raw materials in the new direction they wish to go. Yes, sort of helping them. kind that's really, really interesting and it's great that, to hear that when you're up against other competitors in the beginning process that you're drawing really sets you apart and that's a really kind of a cool secret weapon if you even want to call it a weapon it's just a different approach a different mindset that attracts them and you know i just love the idea that you're also using the information that the company gives you and reflecting it back to them right that's just such a smart way <laughs> to capture their attention because it's all about them right they're you're helping them move forward with their own uh, information. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But that's exactly the reason why they want to have people uh, uh, designing a training for them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: They need that outside perspective, I think, right? So they, wanna, they want to have someone see where are the good things that we're doing and where are the things where we need attention and improvement because often it's difficult to see your own blind spots. So So tell me a little bit before, up to the solopreneur, like let's say from university or from uh, from grade school, elementary school. Like, what were you like as a kid, and how did you? How did the like? When did this visualization thing? Has it always been there? Is it something you discovered, and how has that impacted your path to where you are now?
1: I think it was always there, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I draw, I draw, and I, I did a, created a lot of stuff when I was a child, and then at some point you lose it, like anyone else, and you just stop with it. Uh, but to be honest i wanted to be a vet when i was little uh, but then i got allergic for any pets any any animals <laughs> whatsoever so oh, after that it never then i ended up here but you no um yeah i just i just went to the, to to an office job uh, uh i i studied mm. leisure management um i studied a lot of things uh, because i couldn't really f- have a, i don't have a really passion i like a lot of things i like the process of learning, actually, I like the process. And when I have an idea what the process is about, I move to the next one. So this is who I am. Uh, and this is also why the solopreneurship really fits me, because I can just keep moving from one company to the other company and keep learning other things. Um, yeah, I started when when did I started to discover the drawing again, I think maybe in 2000. 16, I went, I was looking for uh, a team building exercise, and I found uh, a company who did uh, drawing for work. So we did the exercise, they had pizza and beer. So it was a great place just to draw and, and, and you know, those kind of things. And that was, that was cool. And since then, we also incorporated a little bit in our trainings uh, uh, and presentations a little. But in 2018, I uh um, purchased an online course with Drawing for Work, and actually it hit off from there. I did it a little bit and uh, not not really uh, uh, full-time, but uh, when the pandemic hit, yeah, all everyone went online. Um, I discovered also, of course, the Sketchnote Army, uh, but the visual jams, you know, all those kind of things, and everyone was trying to change their uh, face-to-face business into the online business. So I, I think I was like four or five times a week in some sort of meter, yeah, that that was incredible, and it it also inspired me to do a lot more than uh, than just to draw a little bit. So, I think mm. that that was the big change. The the pandemic was the big change.
0: Hmm. So it's it sounds like you're the foundation was laid in 2016 when you rediscovered, you know, with uh, drawing for work, uh, and then moved forward to sort of set you up. So when the pandemic did hit, then you yeah. had this foundation, which is really good to hear. So when you do the solopreneur work, what is your favorite kind of project to do? Like if you were to define favorite project, <laughs> if you could define it before it showed up on your doorstep, what would you say would be the components that make you excited? Like when you see, oh, that's this is the one I want, right?
1: I I, I I don't know. Uh, I think uh, anything that's related to people, people's dynamics. So this is why the training, I, I like the process of, of designing the training because I work usually with a team. Uh, they give me input. They tell the stories. I capture the stories. Uh, but also in the meantime, we are, um, of course, you, when you are, Uh, training someone you need to have a message but if the message is not clear if the process is not clear if you have like talking to five people and they all give a different answer I don't know what to train so we we are touching we are improving those little things uh, as well so it's the whole combination of people Mm. the stories the drawing of course um, but also process improvement. I I come from a process improvement environment. So that's also a little bit, yeah, my comfort zone. So there's a comfort zone part, there's a people part, and there's a new part. So I think that combination makes it really interesting for me.
0: Hmm. Do you find, uh, here's a question related to all this stuff. Do you find that companies don't really realize what their process is or do they, do some companies have it really clear and maybe some others don't or Or for example, they think they know what their process is, but in reality, it's maybe nothing like what they (laughs) what they think it is. And uh, what what's a typical company like that way?
1: I think uh, they well, some people know where to find the processes. Some people don't even know that it exists. Uh, And uh, reality is always different. That's for sure. Reality Mm. is always different.
0: Mm. And I I would think that the big challenge with processes, you could have the most beautiful process. You could have it documented. But if no one chooses to use it, either because they can't find it or it can't be internalized, it will just be another file in a directory somewhere on Microsoft Teams or Slack or whatever tool you're using. How, what is the, maybe my question, and maybe this is part of your secret sauce is, how do you get people to internalize the process so they actually use it and it becomes part of what they do? Because I would think that would be the biggest challenge that you face is, and the frustration, like, I worked really hard to make this process work. I know it will work because I've listened to you. Mm-hmm. Is there something you do to help it become activated?
1: You you let them design it, mm. basically. I, I come from a lean environment, okay. uh, and you do the Kaizen events, and you let them design it, actually. So you facilitate it. And uh, when you ask for the processes, everyone comes with documents and things. No, no, no. I want to see what you are doing. If you're walking to the copy machine, if you're going to that person, and actually what you do is to uh, follow the whole trail. So you yeah, now it's not possible, of course, in physical, but uh, normally you would just follow the whole trail of where and what are you doing? And asking, what are you doing? and Why are you doing that? And if you would skip it, What would happen? Would the world just collapse? Or, you know, is someone not getting paid or what's happening?
0: Interesting, interesting. As a user experience designer, this is related to the work we do as research, where the reason why user experience designers just don't do uh, surveys, typically, or, you know, or let people tell us what their process is. And we rather observe. So if the best way is to build the software, let's say it's software, could be anything, Um, is to have the person use that tool and make them do tasks and observe how they react with the tool. What are they doing? How are they solving problems when they encounter challenges? How do they get around them? Um, Because that's where you really learn. Because I think you discover that when you interview people and you ask them what what they think, there's a little bit of, well, I should probably tell Lai Chi this thing because that's what's politically I'm told to say. But I don't really do that thing. I skip that part, right? Because it's a it exactly. takes it takes two weeks, and um, there's lots of paperwork. And I can just call John, and he'll take care of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> so now you've got yeah, a whole yeah. bypass there that you know it may not be documented, but it, it exists, yeah. right. And you know, as for user experience, we do it more to observe like where are the pain points that we can improve on.
1: Yeah, this is also when you physically start following the trail, you see exactly what people are doing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's sort of similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's got some related uh principles I guess in yeah. in a way. That's really fascinating. Um uh, I could talk about this a lot Forever. because it's really <laughs> fascinating to me. So, but we have to keep on moving. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe we could have a separate chat about all this process stuff later. Um so we talked a bit about pandemic. It's popped up quite a bit. Um yeah. you, you know, right now as we record this, you are in lockdown. We are not in lockdown, at least not yet. Um So one of the questions that I've been doing now in the last couple of seasons is, how do you deal with pandemic? What are the things that keep you upbeat and positive and take your mind off of not being able to go do what you'd like all the time?
1: Yeah, for me, it's easy. I'm an introvert, so I... Completely flourish, and I can, you know, I, I join a lot of meetups and things. But that's something that I control, right? So mm. if I don't want to, I, 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 I can just master my own time. I have control over my own time, and I am uh, a continuous learner. So uh, I, I can, yeah, I, I just can, yeah. I don't have a problem with uh, actually. I flourish with with pandemic, so I can do all the stuff that I want. I have more time, of course, uh, to do what I want. So yeah.
0: It's interesting too that maybe even the work that you're doing sort of now bent is bending itself towards your preferred way of working, right? I would yes. just suspect as a process person, maybe the toughest thing as an introvert is to going into some place and meet a stranger and then follow them around their business showing you all the steps that they take right now. You know, you can sort of uh put it over a online meeting or something like that. And maybe they yeah. walk around with a camera or something. I don't know. It just seems like maybe maybe uh in every way, this is sort of fitting you. So that, that's really interesting. Uh, are there any hobbies or anything that you like to do? Sort of take your time when you're not doing training or or learning yourself. Do you like bake bread or something like that?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I the, the last one and a half years, I I think I did everything with drawing. And mm. I would not have drawn so much. And I took a lot of courses. Huh? I'm, I'm mm. taking courses with uh, Dario, but also the Visual Academy. Mm. And the, all the meetups and learning also, those, those kind of things. So, uh, yeah. And also the software, of course, that is included with that. So, yeah, I'm quite busy with that.
0: Mm. And
1: uh, I also have a lot of uh, Zoom meetings with, with friends now. So, that's the things. I have a six-year-old niece. I'm having whiteboard sessions with her. So, we are going yeah, everywhere with with yeah, in our imaginary world. So that's mm. uh, that's nice too. Well,
0: that's a really cool idea, having a whiteboard session with uh, young kids yeah. on Zoom. That's, that's a really interesting idea. Something maybe someone can steal.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they, they are so, because they have a lot of online schooling, they are completely uh, used to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's sort of adapted to it when necessary, now that it's necessary. Interesting, interesting. This episode of the sketch note army podcast is brought to you by concepts an infinite canvas sketching app built for tablets with a stylus like the iPad pro Microsoft surface and Samsung galaxy tab concepts, infinite canvas lets you spread out and sketch in any direction. Everything you draw in concepts is a flexible vector. So you can move your notes around the canvas or change their color tool or size with a simple gesture. Search concepts in your favorite app store for infinite, flexible sketching. So what I want to switch to now is to talk a little bit about the tools that you like. Um, We'll start with analog first and then go to digital. Mm -hmm. We're talking like notebooks, pens, pencils, markers, anything like that. What are things that you like to use in the analog side that you can share, share with us?
1: I use um, Micron actually, or yeah, Micron uh, actually um, um, f- fine liner with uh, that's waterproof. That's mm-hmm. my go-to tool. Uh, you have, of course, different brands, but I have Micron, um, mm-hmm. and I also have um, uh, the Neuland, the yeah, the the black one. So that's the other one. And for the rest, I like alcohol markers a lot. Mm. Uh, I always have a brush pen, a grey brush pen, so for the shadows. Uh, yeah. So that is a must. So those are the two musts, and the colors that that yeah, it uh, that it doesn't matter
0: actually. Mm.
1: Anything works. Yeah.
0: Mm. Now, if you like alcohol markers, that might also mean you need thick paper or maybe specialized paper, so that the marker doesn't bleed through, or maybe it's a sheet where you don't use the backside. What what kind of paper do you typically like to use when you draw?
1: Yeah. If I uh, normally, I just uh, use the printer paper. Mm. Um, for because actually I, I don't keep anything, uh, so I just play around with it and then I throw it away. Mm. Um, but uh, if if you want to keep it, then you I just use the marker paper.
0: Mm. Yeah, it doesn't okay. bleed through. Yeah, yeah. There's specialized. There's a couple of brands, and in the show notes, I'll look for one that I've used. And if uh, Light Chief, you want to send a sample of the kind that you've used, it's that hard to find, especially in art store or online. You could just search for marker paper and. Yeah, exactly. I think what they do is they take the paper and there's some kind of coating that they they apply to it. And then they also run it through rollers so it becomes really smooth. So I think with a marker especially, you get that smooth surface so you can lay down really smooth lines. One of my old school skills, which is I haven't used much but probably should get back into, is marker rendering. So back when I was a design student, it was pre-computer stuff. And so we learned how to do marker renderings. That was like the most fun that I had Doing work in college because we you know we didn't have we were students we couldn't afford stock photography we couldn't hire photographers and most of the time we were doing like proposed layouts like if i'm d- doing this layout for this beer or whatever we'd have to produce some kind of an image to show what the ad would look like mm-hmm. so we had to do marker renderings and there i think i still have a book here it talks about all the tips and techniques it's actually really fun because you it's really fast and it's very immediate, like the immediacy is really uh, there. So you're, you're making these lines and suddenly this thing is emerging. It's really kind of fun. Yeah. So maybe cool. I should pick that up in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teach a course on marker rendering from the exactly. old school. Exactly. just <laughs> never know. So now let's switch to digital. I, I assume you must use digital tools. Do you have an iPad Pro and pencil? Do you use a Windows machine, like a tablet? What's, what's your tool of choice?
1: I have. uh, um, I used to work with a little uh, Wacom. Um, I'm never
0: sure how to say that. I think it's. I think it's Wacom.
1: It's Wacom, yeah. Uh, uh, I I used to work with that uh, on Mm -hmm. my PC, but uh, now uh, um, since a year I have an iPad Pro and Mm -hmm. I I only use the iPad Pro.
0: Okay, and what are the tools? What are the software that you like? What's your favorite software to use on on that app? Or,
1: um, I Apple use Pro. Procreate. Yeah, Procreate. Okay. Yeah. And for 2022, I'm trying to, uh, it's on my list to do Affinity Designer.
0: Mm. I saw the something, vector. I think Ian Barnard had some kind of a post just today about Affinity Designer. I think, okay. is, is that, um, I assume that's vector based. Yeah. Or it uses yeah. some kind of vectors, right? So you have the ability to move move some tidbits here and there. It reminds me a little of concepts is another one. That's like that vector-based drawing tools. Yes. Yes. Cool. And then for your online training, are there tools that you prefer to use um, for the online training? Maybe that's what I'm discovering is I've become uh, as a trainer myself, as a teacher, I've had to really up my game on all the stuff, cameras and all kinds of things. So are there any tools that you use either software or hardware that you now that you're doing this work remotely, like you couldn't live without these things, <laughs> that maybe would tip someone off.
1: I actually, no, because I'm I'm not the trainer. I design the training, you
0: I'm not. The I am
1: I am not the trainer. Okay. Uh, because that's a whole different profession. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I I run the, I I usually run the pilot, but I'm not the trainer. Okay. Then I hand it over to someone uh, internally. Uh, so and therefore it, I I put I put it on slides. So I have a toolbox, okay. I put it on slides. I put it on PowerPoint and then they can run it themselves.
0: Yeah. I see. So you're doing the drawing typically probably on either paper, iPad Pro, bringing it into a PowerPoint or some kind of a presentation and they take it from there. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. Well, that's really cool. So one of the things I, I've been asking is for the whole, the whole life of the podcast is three tips that you might have for someone. And the way that I frame it for you, is imagine there's someone who's listening to the show. They are excited about visualization, whatever that might be. It could be sketchnoting, graphic recording, just drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they feel like maybe they've reached a plateau and they just need a little inspiration to sort of start going up again, to start climbing again. What would be three things you might tell that person to encourage them? It could be practical, could be mindset, whatever you like. Just three tips that you would share with that person.
1: So the first, the first tip I would like to share is uh, that 33% people rule hmm. um so you have to yeah 33 percent of the people are starters for example so you can help them you can advise them but in return you get the questions so you can reflect on them we take things for granted and we never think about what we do so hmm. then it 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 gives you a momentum to think about uh 33 percent is about peers, uh, so I do, for example, challenges with peers, uh, uh, and then you, ha- you, you help uh, each other accountable. So that is a nice way to just keep growing. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the other thirty three percent is someone who is uh, can be a mentor or a coach, uh, and that can be on uh, drawing, but it can also be in business, of course. For, it, it doesn't matter, whatever. If you if you have uh, if you want to be a solopreneur or you want to do a little bit of business with your drawings, uh, make sure that you have someone uh, who can mentor you um, on business or on drawing or whatever. I usually just take uh, for the drawing. I take courses from different people uh, because you get feedback. Uh, if I show it to people I know, they say, "Yeah, it's a nice drawing." Yeah, it, it doesn't really help me. So <laughs> I need really concrete feedback uh, on things that I can improve. So that is uh, that is tip number 1. And uh, tip number 2, I always hear people say yeah I don't uh I don't have time to practice icons even the 20 seconds uh, doodles in uh, in in the sketch note army apparently sometimes it's it's a thing. Uh, if that for me is a mindset thing i see drawing as a reward so if i do some tasks that i really do not like i have at the end of the te- of the when i finish the task the drawing is a reward hmm. so um that that's a shift so or i see it as a little break but i don't see it as a task so that that could help if you see it like that and uh, the third one is yeah, post as much work as you can. I also had a little bit of uh, an issue, or it was a huge barrier for me to post. Start posting it on uh, Instagram. I started over there, but actually, uh, everyone, uh, if if you post it, people will notice you. If especially want you, if you want to go into that business, uh, and people will find you and go into the communities. Right to the thirty three percent people rule you will find people in the communities i get so many nice contacts with people and uh, uh different uh resources that i can check out or yeah you just learn so much
0: mm. those, those are three great tips yeah I like the 33 percent rule that's i have never heard that one that's really cool one
1: yeah and especially also in communities you know there are always people uh, uh that are starting and always people that are far behind so
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and you can learn from both so there's no right
0: now that you have defined it, it's like I think back to all the communities or situations I've been. It's been that's held true what you've said. I've just never thought about that the, that that number in my head. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty interesting.
1: You can switch roles, of, of course, as well. Eh? I, I yeah. mean, uh, sometimes I'm a mentor and sometimes I'm just a student. So
0: yeah, yeah. I think it's good to be both. Right. I like to take yeah. courses too because even as a trainer, I learn. Like a lot of times, I'll even take a course to learn. How do they deliver it? What are they doing that's different that I'm not doing? What, what little tidbit? Oh, I really like what they did there. And if, I, if I'm friends with them or I can reach out to them, I'll ask them about that and then incorporate that into my own training yeah. uh, as a different way. So I think we're always learning from everything that we absorb, right? And then it's a matter of integrating that into our own practice, which is yes. you know, an interesting. And I, I would say the other thing I love is treating drawing as a, as a reward, like having a little bit of chocolate or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. that,
0: and if, if you're someone who, like, I'm starting to read this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Okay. And he talks a lot about how the story, like who we believe we are, drives what we do. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, the other thing that I believe in is layering things together that make sense, that, that reinforce each other. So yes, let's say I had a really tough task. I have to go rake the leaves or something. I don't know picking something up, something you don't want to do. But as your reward, you get 30 minutes to draw and uh, two pieces of chocolate and a coffee. So I've exactly. always believed in that, like, to, to encourage people to draw is to go, if you want to do drawing, mark off time for yourself when you used to be able to go to a, your favorite cafe, order your favorite coffee, and get out your notebook and make it, like, like, reinforce it with all these other things that sort of layer up and make it like, oh, this is like a treat to me right? So yes. now they all get tied together. So every time you have that chocolate, you think about the drawing or you have a coffee, you think about the drawing. And then when you're having, when you're drawing, you're thinking about the coffee and the chocolate, right? So they now become <laughs> integrated and they the reward center in your mind uh, gets uh, hit, even when you're not doing the other two parts. So that's a really yep. great tip. Uh, well, Lai this has been really fun. I've learned so much about you <laughs> and it's really good to hear. I, I love the impact you're having on the community, how you're always looking to help people. I see you helping in the sketched army slack on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and you're just a helping person. I really appreciate that you do that. Thank you so much for your service. It's being noticed um, in the best possible way. And I, I really hope that you continue and that we, our community really helps become sort of a safe, fun place for you to be. And that of course you're helping that it become that. Tell us who, what's the best way for someone to find you, um, and where are the places you are. I think you're on Instagram and LinkedIn, but maybe there's you have a website and some other things. Give us some of those links so people can find your work and get connected.
1: No, I'm actually only yeah. It's it's a bit weird for a solopreneur, but uh, hmm. people find me through the communities. So they contact me through the communities yeah. uh, and I only have an Instagram and only have a LinkedIn uh, account and that's basically it. For 2022, it's on my plan to to do something about um, mm. more visibility. Um, but for now, I only have those two. And mm. of course, they can find me f- through the Sketch Note Army. I get some yeah. DMs, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's, I, I'm, I'm sure that if you went to either LinkedIn or uh, Instagram, that Lechi is sort of a person who's, going to make sure that everything is done properly so if you if you hear this <laughs> a year from now and you go to one of those places you'll probably see her new website or whatever thing that she's cooking up in 2022 so those are two great places to go find her Let's see. this has been really great thanks so much for your time it's so good thank to you for you. the
1: invite thank yeah, you you're so <laughs>
0: welcome and for everyone who's uh listening and, and watching this is another episode of the sketch and army podcast until the next episode talk to you soon the Sketchnote Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rody, and brought to you by Rode Design Studios. It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, the Sketchnote Handbook or the Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code rody 40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.